Hello, and welcome to The Kosh. I'm your host, Timber Smith, and The Kosh is a podcast that spotlights people who've had an association with The Kosh in the surrounding Fox Cities area. Kosh listeners, how are you doing this morning? It is gloomy today. Like It's one of those days. You know, I always got to give y'all the weather report and tell y'all what's going on. It's one of those days. I, I don't know what's going on with the weather, but... Uh, Regardless that it's gloomy outside, it is fantastic energy in the space. The room is on fire. I think we're going to have a fantastic, fantastic episode. I'm actually pretty excited about this just because what is the specialty of my guest? And because I got things to learn today. We're going to learn today, Kosh listeners. We're going to learn today. So should I jump in or should I talk more smack now? I think we already know what we're going to do. We're totally jumping in. So, um, you know what I'm going to say? I don't know why I keep getting these amazing, amazing guests. Yes, and this week is no different. So, without further ado, this week's guest is Ashley Crumplich. I asked before I said it this time. <laughs> How are you, you doing, you Ashley? You did a nice job. That was it. <laughs> I know that's a dog of a last name, Ashley Crumbwich. You nailed it. <laughs> All right. Well, see, I've got a, I've got a legacy, a history here on the show of just slaughtering some names, especially particularly when I don't take the time to ask before we sure. jump in. Uh, you know, sometimes you get so excited about the show, and you're just like, "Oh man, I totally forgot to ask that last name." All right. How are we doing this morning? I'm doing great. You know, I I was actually driving down here from De Pere this morning and we just saw the traffic, the Packer traffic. I was like, oh, my goodness. It was so backed up. So I was glad to be moving in this direction this morning. (laughs) Oh, most definitely. We'll we'll get you out before that. (laughs) All right. That's fantastic. Oh, I didn't know it was a home game today. Home game today. I I assume that it must be right. I saw it was a noon game. Like when we had stopped, I'm like, what is all this traffic? It was just backed up all the way from like to peer all the way into Appleton. Oh yeah, easily. And it was just it it must be, right? I feel like it must be. It's got to be. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And today we actually have another special guest in the space, but they're not going to participate per se, but they're here observing. You want to share about your guest? Yes, absolutely. I am so glad to say that my daughter Talia is here, or my daughter, my niece Talia is here. Um, she decided to come and check out what a podcast is all about. Um, so really excited to kind of lean into her interest and let her see how this is done. And I'm super proud that we've got a young person who's interested in podcasting. Hey, if I can help shape and help someone else start a podcast, I am all about that life. All right. Ready to jump in? Ready to jump in. Okay. So, Ashley, can you please tell us about yourself and your connection to the surrounding Fox Cities area? Yeah, absolutely. So I own Centered Up, which is a marketing agency. Um, I live in De Pere. My office is in Green Bay. Um, everything from social media marketing, email marketing, web design and management, networking, and so much more. So check me out at facebook.com slash centered up. Um, so my connection to the area, I've lived in the Green Bay De Pere area for about 
20 years. <laughs> so kind of dating myself there a bit. Um, but also was introduced to the Kosh through a previous guest that you've had, Pat Haney, who I'm so happy to say is a friend of mine. We Big kind of have the same circle. Yes, Pat Haney, Six Piece Solutions. He is the food safety expert and authority in Wisconsin. Right. If you are selling food, um, he's definitely somebody that you want to have on your side and connect with. So, um, yeah, big shout out to Six Piece Solutions. All right. So did you go to school in Wisconsin? Is this where you went to school? Yeah, so uh, I grew up on the south side of Milwaukee and then oh. my family kind of just gradually moved north. And I know you recently had a guest who shouted out um, the Rhinelander Hodags. That was where like I did my back half of high school was actually in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Um, and then, you know, once I hit adulthood, I moved to this area, went to school down here. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my, my little Wisconsin story. I've lived a little bit of everywhere in the state. Yes, we did just have a guest from Rhinelander. I believe that was Alicia. Shout out to Alicia. Yes, it was. Okay. Well, you ready to jump into the first segment? I am ready to jump in. All right. First segment is called What in the World is Going on With? That's where you start with the phrase, what in the world, and you tell us what's on your mind. Yeah. So my what in the world is going on with today is going to be what is going on with people wearing earbuds to avoid engaging with anybody or uh. everybody <laughs> so, whether I'm grocery shopping or at a gas station or whatever I'm doing it's just this trend that's taken off that people have their little earbuds tucked in and you know whether they're listening to something or not it's just like a please don't engage with me <laughs> like this person does not want to have small talk with you they're just kind of staying in their own little tunnel and doing what they need to do out in public and this is literally happening everywhere um, so Tali is here with us and I have kind of like a little story on this one. My daughter, um, goes to the Mothy Center on the UWGB campus for like some social thinking classes. And while my niece Tali and I were waiting for my daughter to finish this class, there was a gentleman who came out and just made conversation with us. We were just sitting there waiting and he was retired from the UWGB campus. I'm not sure what his title was. We just struck up a conversation okay. as I might do with anybody basically. And they were giving out free dinner to the students on campus. Campus, mm. but there weren't very many students that actually showed up and I was like wow like when I was in college if somebody was going to give me a free meal like I'm absolutely there you know Bruh. we were kind of talking about the shift in that are you kidding facts you're, yes. you're a starving college student like I'm so <laughs> yes. I don't want to pay money for the food I want the free food not right? only that I don't I don't want any more of the the food from the cafeteria yeah right like right? if you're feeding me something else I am all about that life yes well he was saying I on campus, he had noticed, like not even just since COVID, but it had worsened with COVID, that students will go to the cafeteria because they have the meal plan and their earbuds are in so that they can just get their food, take their whatever they're going to eat back to their room and not speak to anybody on their campus. And like they don't talk. He's like the whole cafeteria is quiet and they all have earbuds in. Bruh. I'm like, what's going on with that? Like this is college. You should be wanting to like network with everybody like you know find out who everyone is what's their story so yeah that's my uh what in the world i never thought about week. that you know here's my thing when i walk bosco that's the only time i put my earbuds in and, and even then when i run into people walking by me and they got dogs and you know bosco the podcast dog he's he's about <laughs> 
I want to see who you are. Let me sniff you down. Let me let me check you out. Hey, you know, he's totally that social dog, right? Yeah. But then I'd take my headphones off and, you know, say, hey, and, you know, ask, you know, ask the dog's name and have a little conversation. Um, but, like, I get it. When people have headphones in, like, you're like, ah, do I really want to disturb them? And then you don't really you usually decide not to, you just leave them alone. You figure out oh, whether well, they're, they're bopping away um, to, to p- put something on top of what your, what in the world is going on with my, my addition to that would be is I hate when you're talking to people and they got earbuds in, but you don't see they got earbuds in and you just feel ignored. <laughs> <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, that's good. Like I've done that multiple times. Like I'm, I'm like talking to them and there's no response, but then I get closer to them and it's like, oh, you got earbuds. That's horrible. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, it just, it seems like a missed opportunity to me. I feel like young people popping in the earbuds and I get like, sometimes you just don't want to be disturbed. You're, you're focused on something. You're listening to a book or whatever it is, but on campus, like on a college campus, I'm like, come on, like, don't you want to fully get the experience and like meet your peers and like. You know, I don't know. It seems like a missed opportunity. They probably don't even know that they're missing it. Right. It's probably not because it's just such a thing now. It's just a generational difference, I guess. I don't know. But you wonder how much COVID leaned us into that. You know, like they pre-order the food from the cafeteria. They just show up and pick it up with their earbuds and go back to the room, close the door. But then they get on their phone and connect with thousands of people in a different way you know, with social media or right. whatever they're into. So that's so interesting. True. Um, but now that you say that, you know, I, I remember a while back when I was doing recruiting for the college and, and doing some stuff inside of the high schools. And I remember like an administrator telling me how they liked the way things were headed because the students, they were allowing the students to wear their earbuds in between classes and the, you know, that whole switching of the class and the passing of the hallways was now really good. Like it wasn't loud or aggressive or yelling because everybody was listening to earbuds and they were just passing class, go to the locker and go to the next class. So it actually brought order in place. And so they were all for it. It's weird, though, to get compliance through something like this. It feels off. I don't know. I don't know if you agree with me, but, like, let's just let them have it because they're easier to control in the hallway. Like, I don't know. Something about that just feels weird. But I I hear you, though. Like, I get it. Yeah. I I mean, it was an interesting thing. It's something I didn't think about until until that administrator said that to me. And I, I don't know if that's still the way it is, if, you know, if people popping their earphones and go class to class. I mean, I'm going to guess maybe because earphones are really convenient now, small and, (laughs) and, and, you know, uh, you know, Apple pods are pretty nice. Yeah, they definitely are. All right. Well, I like that one. That's a good one. Okay. (laughs) My, what in the world is going on with is what in the world is going on with, with this 1.8, well, $1.08 million Powerball ticket not being claimed yet. Bruh. <laughs> I don't even know that I realized that that had happened. It so. is a thing. What? So, like, so seriously, there's this Powerball ticket, and the person won back in July. 
It's like July 19th or so, right? And they won in California. And there ain't no claiming going on. And so people are worried. Like, it's going to, there is a time limit on the tickets. And I don't know what the time limit is. But even if you are a person who were organizing it, right? Because I know, like, I always, I have a a Powerball game plan. I don't know about you. (laughs) Look. I'm just going to be real. I got a Powerball game plan. You know, the the financial advisors, the lawyers, the island I'm going to go hide on. (laughs) (laughs) The mask I'm going to wear when I collect my money. Like, that's funny. Like, I've got a, I seriously have a lottery ticket plan, 100%. (laughs) And I'm just thinking, like, me to enforce that plan wouldn't take more than a month to a month, month and a half. I'd have all my, you know, legal things lined up, the banks lined up, whoever, you know, my family members I'm going to keep talking to. (laughs) I'd already have them on the island. You know, it'd be all good. Like, That's funny. But it wouldn't take me this long. So this, this makes me think, you know, is someone not going to claim this because they lost the ticket? Oh my gosh. That's like a nightmare scenario, but that's what it makes me think too. Cause I feel like if I won, no, I would not sit on that. I, w- I would want to make sure I cash it before, like, I don't know, before something happens and this disappears. Right. Like, well, I want to cash it before somebody finds out I have it. <laughs> right. <Bruh. I> mean, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I wonder what happened. I feel like it must be lost oh my gosh i knock on wood right I hope well they, not, right? well they still have time so maybe they're still working out their plan but it does just make me it, it makes me wonder and then yeah. what really makes me wonder is what happens to that money if no one claims it That's like true. is that just all tax dollars well, the state of California takes it into their unclaimed property, right? Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right, because they don't even know who it even is. So, Right. Well, just, Powerball, well, they know the ticket was sold in California. It does not mean the owner yeah, they don't know lives the owner in California. Right. Yeah. And so I don't know if anyone could just, if any state could make claims on the money like yeah. that, right? Because, you know, Powerball yeah, is a national game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just find it fascinating. It's crazy. And I want to know what in the world is going on, the fact that this person or persons or a group or whoever it is is not making that move on one billion dollars it's a good call though it could be a group or something really complex where it's like now we need 15 lawyers you know or 15 plans or whatever but interesting i don't know that's a good one i don't know if everybody is going to get a lawyer let's be honest (laughs) if there's a bunch of people that win you know there's going to be some people just cut me my check that's true. That's true. <laughs> cut me my check. I just want my check. All right. If I won with a group, I might do that. Like if I won solo, then yeah. there's going to be great organization. But if it's with a group, then it, I feel like it diminishes the thing. And I just want to get yeah. done with them as quickly as possible. So <laughs> run me my check and then I'll go figure it out afterwards. Yeah. I don't know. That's just me, though. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll find out soon enough, right? Because I, I believe there is a time limit. So there is a time limit. All right. And I mean, it's not like a ton of time has gone by, but we are deep in we're in September. Mm-hmm. Right. We're we're deep in September. Getting ready to roll into October. Cause I mean, you know what? I should have did my what what in the world is going on with people and coming out with Halloween stuff like already. <laughs> Like we really I need to hide my face right now. Now I'm gonna call this out. Uh oh, are you that person? You are you already decorated? 
yeah, the other day, yeah, my daughter, my niece, myself, my husband, we were taking all the decorations out. We did um, Halloween cookies already. <laughs> but what? <laughs> I was looking online, though, like, when do pumpkin farms even open? They've been open. So I feel like I was almost feeling late. You were... F- <laughs> it ain't October. I know. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I'll hide now. <laughs> I'm sorry I had to put you on blast, Ashley. But, you know, I'm just going to yeah. say... Mm. That's funny. I'm loving the cooler weather, though. I'm like, for me, like, I love summer and I love it so much. But then when it's like jeans and sweatshirts, I'm just ready for that. And are you a fall? You're a fall weather I person. I like fall. Yeah. Summer and fall are awesome. Winter's okay. You know, it's not my favorite favorite. Um, and then spring is just a mess of allergies. And I don't even like spring. I don't think about spring. I just want to get through it. <laughs> spring just makes me happy because I know summer's next. That's true. That's yeah. what gets me started. Like spring is like, oh, yeah, it's about to be summertime. Like I'm all geeked about that. But I feel you on that. Actually, fall for wardrobe. Is my favorite weather. Yeah. Because I love a good shirt, bow tie, sweater combo. There you go. Like, that's my thing. Yeah, nice. And in, in a, fall is also a good reason for Timber to go buy a new pair of Timberland boots. <laughs> there you go. That's another good reason. Yes, yes, yep. yes. And I like, I like, um, I kind of like that Columbia, you know, th- uh, coat kind of feel, mm-hmm. scarves. Yeah, like I feel fall, but I don't like cold. Let's not get that twisted. Yeah. <laughs> but you live in Wisconsin. You know, it's one of those things that I don't love cold either, but I do try to like lean into a little bit for like my daughter. You know, like get her out ice skating. We do the skiing one time a mm. winter, you know, whatever. But yeah. Yeah. yeah Got to do it. something with it. Yeah. Well, look, I, I I've lived in Wisconsin my whole life, but um, yeah, no winter sports for this man. Okay. Uh, I'm going to uh, ice skating seems highly dangerous. i'm trying to walk away with all my joints i want my hip and my knee at this point in my life and um you know that's just where i'm at now skiing mm, that's even more dangerous than ice skating so now to be fair i have gone snowboarding in my lifetime all right how'd that work out for you um not great Oh, not okay. great. Um, yeah, well, well, that's was it that. was it super fun? Uh, yeah, until you figure out you can't really stop well. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, not that I hit anything, but I ended up in some snow where you know when you're going down like one of these trails, and I ended up I couldn't stop, so I ended up off the trail, and then I ended up in this deep snow patch, right? <sighs> so then I'm in this deep snow, and I'm trying to low crawl my way out of it, right? And I can't get to my feet to take the board off my feet. <laughs> And yeah, it was, I, I, oh. yeah, that was, mm-hmm. yeah, you should have, uh, didn't do the GoPro for that. <laughs> you would be viral on TikTok. Here's what I'm going to say. When, when I went snowboarding, there was no such thing as a GoPro. Okay. <laughs> I was safe. That's this was funny. before cell phones. <laughs> I am oh, that that's age. That's funny. Yeah. Right. We do the winter sports. I would not claim to be a professional at any of them, yeah. but you know, we do them, but. Okay. That's fair. Okay, ready to jump into the next segment. I am. The next segment 
is word association this is where i say a word and you tell us what's on your mind and there's one word we always start off with it's the unifying word the word that brings us all together i also think it's the word that makes most of us smile and that word is food yeah so for food um i would say vegan that might be the one food word that isn't super unifying (laughs) (laughs) i would say facts (laughs) Right. But um, yeah, so I'm, I've been vegan for the last, you know, little more than a year started out just as a part of a health journey. But it's kind of funny, like the the very beginning of it was so incredibly hard growing up in Wisconsin, and everything is milk and cheese and meat. And like, I loved that lifestyle, you know, like I fully leaned into that. But then like switching to a vegan diet, like kind of once you get through the first I don't know, month or two months, all of a sudden it becomes a whole lot easier. Um, So yeah, and I think it's just kind of like a peaceful way to um, live too. But there's not a ton of vegan options around here. Mm. Um, But yeah, so... I feel, that one out there. I feel like people are, I mean, I, I do feel like restaurants are making more efforts. Or at least, yes. let, me, let me say, I think restaurants are making more vegetarian <laughs> efforts, not yeah. necessarily vegan efforts. Yeah. You know, you would be surprised though. Like there are some chains that I think are, are like leaning into it, but there's just not that huge demand, I think, especially in Wisconsin. So like there's, um, you know, different chains that will like try a vegan option. And then like, I'm like, oh, this is great. Like I'm eating here every day, but then they don't get enough people eating it. So then it slowly like disappears from the menu, Mm. you know, but you know, things are changing with the impossible burger. I feel like there's a lot of places you can go and get like a burger and fries and have something that's vegan and you just kind of skip the cheese or whatever. Yes. Um, but yeah, you know, I definitely think the area is getting better. Like you said, you're, you're seeing it on menus more and more. I'm not going to lie that that impossible burger is legit. Yeah, you know, it. I think it depends who prepares it, you know? I mean, <laughs> like, it just tastes like a know? Whopper, or, yeah, you I mean, or at really, least the one I had was a Whopper. Yeah, so, yeah, Burger King, you know, it just, I think sometimes it just depends, you know, where you get your food, like anything, right? Like anything that you're going to eat. Um, but it is nice that, like, they, the Impossible Whopper, for example, is out there, because, like, sometimes... I'm on a road trip and I need something and I'm super hungry and I know a couple places that I can go, but there's not many. It's not McDonald's, you know, like mm. some of the main places that you see um, and you get creative. But um, but yeah, it's nice to see some places. Did your whole family go vegan? Well, funny story. <laughs> <laughs> funny story. <laughs> I actually, <Bruh. laughs> I'm very fortunate that I, I married somebody who takes care of himself anyways. You know, he's always kind of, and a, the kind of person who would eat healthy anyways. Um, but I decided when I had to go vegan that I was only going to cook vegan at my house and I wasn't going to like keep the other stuff around. And my daughter is eight. And so to her, it's kind of funny at that age, she really was just sort of okay with it. And my husband was kind of okay with it. But when they're not like home eating something that I've cooked, they would still eat meat. But like recently, my husband has gone vegetarian, which is pretty close you know like there's still cheese or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, my daughter still likes fried chicken sometimes which is completely fine with me if she's like mom like I need meat I'm like okay let's go get you some chicken because that's what she wants is like fried chicken Um, but I mean they you know 80% vegan I would say it's leaning that way I think once you get into the rhythm with it you're like 
well, vegan people can have burgers and fries still. Vegan people eat pizza. They have ice cream. Like we basically have all the same foods. It's just doing it differently, you know, finding where those options are that work for you. So I don't feel like I'm missing anything, to be honest. That's fantastic. And not only that, um, you're winning mom awards with me that you're allowing your child to still eat fried chicken. Because I just, (laughs) that that just wins with me. I'm just saying. All right. That's fantastic. All right. Cocktail or beer? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm completely sober the same time that I went vegan. I just went completely sober and I don't drink at all. And I, um, I don't feel like I'm missing anything there either, but I do like tea. If I was going to say there's kind of like a drink that I really enjoy, um, kind of like a hot tea person. Um, and then black coffee, you know, of course. All right. I'm totally tea. I'm, I, tea is my new thing. I'm kind of gave I didn't give give up coffee but I basically gave up coffee and I drink a lot of tea in a day but um to circle back around now I gotta ask the question well I got two questions what's your favorite tea so I like the lemon ginger oh like that to me is like after I eat a meal like I like a cup of lemon ginger tea I don't know yeah no that's fantastic okay now my second question is what did Wisconsin do to upset you? Because you quit, you quit meat and cheese <laughs> and and cocktails or beer. <laughs> I mean, what did Wisconsin do to you? I mean, because these are things that define Wisconsin. <laughs> I know that's so true, right? But it's so funny. Like I would say, you know, quitting those things at the same time, like. I feel like I think so much clearly than I ever did before. And I, I was really able to like focus on my goals and focus on my business in ways that I just never really had that same drive that I feel like I have now. And um, there's just so much good that's come with it. Like I would say if anybody is like a vegan curious, seriously, give it a try because it changes your body. I went to have my like annual, you know, like you get older, you get a physical, they draw your blood because they Mm want to like see what's your cholesterol and like, you know, kind of tell you what you need to be doing. My cholesterol plummeted. Like it was crazy. My doctor was like, wow, like I've never actually seen anybody like do this. She's like, this is crazy. Like your cholesterol dropped. Like I don't know if it was like 60 points or something crazy. Oh wow! And it's like. You know, and my niece sitting here will tell you, like, I still eat a, you know, like a diet that kind of looks Wisconsin, even though it's vegan plant-based items, you know, like I still have the food that I enjoy. It's just different now, but to like drop your cholesterol and just get super healthy and feel like you think more clearly, like in the morning, I don't feel like I have an hour of brain fog, like I get up and I'm ready and like, I can take my day as it comes. And that is worth so much to me. I can totally see that and I wish I was strong enough (laughs) Um, and maybe one day I will be but I do I could totally see that and I could see where that could happen and I'd I'd be about that life Um, probably not happening anytime in the near future (laughs) (laughs) I hear you (laughs) um, concert yeah, so I'm going to say Elton John. Um, so, you know, Elton John did the big farewell tour. Yes. And I think he's possibly done several of these over the years. But, um, you know, he's getting older. And I've never been like a super huge Elton John fan 
personally. Um, but my husband's 40th birthday was coming up. I wanted to do something big. And like he was, you know, I would say he's kind of a fan, not like a super huge fan, but you know that this person is iconic and you kind of want to make sure that you get to experience that. Yeah. And so I got tickets for the Elton John concert in Milwaukee and we just made a whole trip of it, celebrate his birthday. And it was amazing. Like just the crowd that was there, it spanned generations. I mean, there were people from their 20s, like all the way up to their 70s and people who were just I mean, just all different. I can't even explain what it was from people that are like me dressed like how I am just, you know, kind of playing to people that had the whole glasses and hats and sparkles and like whatever. Everybody just came like however they wanted to come, however they were going to enjoy it. And it was so unifying. You know, mm. you just had people of all sorts together. So many of them, the place was packed and he just really brought all of us together. It was really cool. It was like one of those experiences that you're not out there like holding your phone, recording it. You just want to be in it. You know, you, you just want to experience that. Um, so that was so cool. That was the best concert that I've ever been to. That I could see that. I would go to an Elton John concert. Yeah. To Elton John, shout out. Yep. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Streaming. Streaming. So I put this on here. I don't know if you've heard of Manifest. Have you seen Manifest on Netflix? Have you I, heard of it? I watched it when it was still on network TV. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, like a, we, me and my wife watched the first season and then I feel like they weren't going to bring it back or something happened. Maybe okay. COVID happened. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever it was. But after the first season, we never followed up. But we did watch the first season. Yeah, I'm not like super huge into streaming shows. Like I'm not like all about got to watch Netflix every day or anything like that. So I'm sure I stumbled upon this late, but I started watching it and I was like just so interested because I couldn't predict which way I thought it was going to go, I guess. To me, that's a sign of like good writing. You know, like I'm interested. I could see this going 10 different ways. And so for people who have not seen Manifest, just to give you a little bit of the storyline, um, there's an airplane that essentially takes off and disappears for five years and then shows back up and the passengers get off the plane and their families have, you know, I'm not going to give away too much here, but maybe kind of moved on or whatever. And just crazy things start happening. Some people are worshiping them. Some people are persecuting them. And so it's worth a watch. You know, if you want to see something interesting, something that's not easily predictable, um, with lots of little like twists and turns and you kind of like that sort of thing, I would say check it out. Oh, yeah. I feel like uh, just when you think you kind of might think you knew what happened, they threw all sorts of things in there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it gets really weird. Like I'll say, you got to be kind of interested in the weird, um, <laughs> you know. But for me, I, I thought, you know, it was just, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Shop local. Yeah, shop local. So, you know, having a, a marketing agency, I work with lots of small businesses, lots of small businesses. And I would say shopping local, like I see the impact of that directly in what I do for a living. It means so much to small businesses when you choose to spend your money with them. So I would say like, prioritize that. Like, please, if you're listening, please know that when you shop with a small business versus ordering from Amazon or Walmart or one of these, like click on my phone, I don't have to go anywhere type places. It hurts your local economy in a big way. And especially with things like COVID, where a lot of small businesses that I'm talking to are like, hey, COVID kind of wiped me out. Or like we had COVID and all of a sudden, like my business dried up. But who got really big during COVID? 
oh, Amazon, yeah. Walmart, you know, these companies. But if you like to be able to go out in your community and have interesting things to do and interesting things to buy, you have to choose to spend your dollars that way. Um, so I do have one quick little thing I would shout out here with the shop locals. If you have not heard of Girls Day Out, this is a huge event that's happening November 11th at the Rush Center in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, if you know Michelle Brenda Larman, she is the hostess of the event. It is free to attend. So maybe consider instead of the Black Friday big box store, I'm going to buy all my Christmas gifts at you know Target, Walmart, whatever it is, going to an event like Girls Day Out, take that money with you and spend it with hundreds of local vendors that are going to have booths out that are selling their goods, things that they've actually made, they've actually procured and put together for you to enjoy, share with your family and friends versus, you know, the amazon.com shopping list. Do you have um, any favorite local establishments. Oh, so many. Yes. Um, you know, there's, there's so many good ones. Like, so I live in De Pere and we have our little downtown district and there's just so many wonderful ones. Like if you ever stop in at like Smith maker, we were there the other day, just really cool little like local gifts that you would like. Um, the runic apothecary in green Bay over on Willard. Um, they have all sorts of wonderful things in there. If you just want interesting stuff that you're not going to see someplace else, that's a great place to stop at. Um, I could name so many. I think, um, you know, just go to your downtown district, really walk down the street, bring your family and just pop into some of these places and see what it's all about, because you're going to find way cooler stuff um, than what you're going to find if you do your shopping, you know, Walmart, Amazon, whatever it is. Okay. Diversity. Yeah, Diversity Literacy Green Bay, you know, comes to mind. This is a nonprofit in Green Bay that I volunteer on their marketing committee. Um, And when I think about diversity in my community, thinking more like in the Green Bay area, it's so important to have programs like this because we have people coming into our communities that English is not their primary language. Mm -hmm. And until they can master how to speak English clearly, how to write in English, they struggle to get the opportunities that they deserve. And sometimes people think that if somebody doesn't speak English really clearly, that somehow that correlates to their intelligence level. And it doesn't. It's just a language barrier. Wait. They just don't speak your primary language. Wait, we've got Native Americans who don't speak really clear English. <laughs> <I'm> just <being laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so true. No matter where somebody comes from, it just is not tied to their IQ. And I think people have really got that confused. Like if they're speaking to someone who is not speaking English back clearly, they're like, oh, you know, these people are going to go into entry level positions, wherever. It's like, that does not relate to their IQ in any way. If you spoke their primary language, you would understand who you're really talking to. I've never understood people who judge bilingual people as if, you know, because yes. most of us aren't bilingual, you know, just right. a matter of fact. Absolutely. And, and the fact that if they if they know another language, even if they know it well enough to communicate what I would say is clearly, maybe not fluent fluently, mm-hmm. but clearly, they're leg up. They're Absolutely. Leg up. Absolutely. If anything, that shows higher intelligence, not lesser intelligence. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it's nice when we have programs like Literacy Green Bay. If you aren't, you know, currently donating to a nonprofit, if you're looking for a good one to send some money to or to even make a monthly gift, I would say look them up. This is a great organization. They have wonderful volunteers, a wonderful following, and they do so much for the community um, and offer programs that are even related to like getting your GED and things like that that just help elevate our community. 
resources? Resources. So when I think of resources, I think of sharing resources. So, um, you know, my clientele is all small businesses and we are all hands on deck, I would say. Um, so we do a lot to help each other out. And I run a networking group actually, um, that's really focused on looking for those opportunities to collaborate, share resources, share information with each other. Um, if that's something that interests you, if you're a small business owner out there, I do have an event this Thursday, the 28th at the De Pere Community Center. It's 20 starts at 530. This is a group that is solely focused on small business collaboration. So if that's your thing and you're looking to collaborate with other small businesses to find better opportunities, this is perfect for you. Um, this is a group where resource sharing is kind of just at the center. And that's kind of my, my group that I look for when I'm working with entrepreneurs. I want to work with people who are truly thinking about whose name can I throw out or who can I help or who could help me. And then actually like following through and getting together and connecting and building deeper connections. I was going to say, because my question was going to be, what does that actually look like? Like uh, this resource sharing, what does it look yeah, like? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just because <laughs> I'm big on yeah, that, like right. we use terms often, yep. but I, like I want it broken down to the most common denominator. So like it makes sense. Yeah. So when I think about resource sharing, I mean, obviously I think information is, is something that's really important, but it's something that can be so small as, um, you know, I have this event coming up on Thursday and I needed, um, like some way to be able to give people coffee, right? You know, those canisters that hold coffee, keep it warm, whatever. And I was like, geez, I don't want to buy like a bunch of those, you know, for this event, because this isn't some big moneymaker thing. This is just a collaboration group. And just to have somebody who's a client say, oh, hey, you know what? Take mine, just borrow it, you know? And I'm like, well, that's perfect. Like, why wouldn't I do that, right? So just looking for those little things. You have an event coming up or you have whatever going on and you just need like a little bit of help or you need to borrow something or whatever it might be. Like, yes, absolutely. Like, there's no charge for that. Like, we're not going back and forth keeping track of who's doing what. It's like, this person needs something and we're able to support that. Let's do that for them. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And it's nice when you're not in it alone. Absolutely. Especially as a yes. small business. Yeah. Like a lot of solo entrepreneurs feel like they're in it alone and they don't have to. Right. They don't have to be. Okay. Our next segment is called the Kosh Hidden Gems. This is your opportunity to tell us about a hidden gem. It doesn't have to be in the Kosh. It can be anywhere or associated with the Kosh. Um, what is your hidden gem? So my hidden gem. So we talked about the vegan thing. Um, there is a bakery and Green Bay called Naturally Delightful. They are gluten-free and vegan, everything that they make. And I think they are a hidden gem because they make the best stuff. It's all vegan. It's gluten-free. You have no idea. Like I should have brought something for you to try just to like blow your mind because this is where I get my treats from. Like We still need to have cookies in my house and like whatever, you know, like we're vegan, but we're still human. Right. And they just make the best stuff. And this is like a small business that I don't have an affiliation with. Like this is not a client of mine or anything like that, but they've grown in just such a cool way. Like I follow their social media page and I've seen like, I buy their stuff at festival foods. So if you know, festival foods, the grocery store chain, they actually have cases there now where people can go and get better access to like vegan baked goods or gluten-free for some people that's really important because of different health issues or different allergies or whatever it is um so that is that's absolutely a hidden gem like i hope you try their stuff it is so good okay well if um, i'm in green bay i might 
Yeah. Well, they're <laughs> they're actually in, like I said, festival food. So like oh. even I saw they just got into Madison oh. and like all different places. Okay, so they so are they've really, really spread out. Yes. That's pretty and big. Yeah. Their following is, so they're on Velp and like their, their main location, it really doesn't look that big, but for all of the stores they've gotten into, it's super impressive. And this just a sign that's a really good product, right? Right. Um, but the other hidden gem that I have is Safe Haven Pet Sanctuary. This is a pet sanctuary, as you can imagine. They have cats there. I don't know if you've heard of this one, um, but they are in Green Bay in the downtown district. And you can go there and just hang out with cats. Just hang out with cats and they all have disabilities or maybe they have cancer or whatever it is. They just take care of these animals in the most loving way you can imagine. The people that run it are so welcoming and friendly and you can obviously donate to them and I hope that you'll consider doing that. Um, But they recently had this little competition that was like creating a cat video. And my daughter, who, like I mentioned, is eight years old. She's really into cats and she wanted to participate. So anytime she's like into something that's, you know, like techie or that I can kind of help her with, I was so into that. So she made this crazy little cat video with our cats. She like came (laughs) up with the voices, you know, how you can go on and like make the pitch higher, make the pitch lower, whatever. The script was super weird. (laughs) And we turned it into them. And I think she was like, maybe, maybe like second runner up or something like that. And they gave her this little gift bag. It was like the cutest, sweetest gift bag. Like she felt like she just won an Oscar. It was just cat toys and just cool stuff. And they just really made like it special for her, you know, being so young. And they're just really good people and truly dedicated to just taking care of animals that otherwise, you know, probably nobody would, you know. So great, great nonprofit. Wait, so let me understand this. There's a place where you can just go and go hang out with cats. Yes. Like that's a thing. Like. There's I, no charge at the door. You just, just walk in. Walk in, and then there's cats. And there's cats, and there's and couches. Then, and there's you can cat like people. lay on the couch and like snuggle a cat, and they'll like come over to you. And there's just people there. I, I mean, you sign in. Uh, how so many know, cats but, are there? This is whoa, fascinating whoa. to me because <laughs> I feel like oh my, like bring first, your family and have a fun time and meet these cats. Um, it was I don't know maybe I want to say I saw. 20. I could be wrong. Don't hold me to it. Check out their Facebook page. (laughs) But, you know, because I know they also keep like a list um, through Amazon of like donations they're looking for and things like that. But I mean, there was a lot of cats and they're just adorable. You can just hang out on a couch or a chair or whatever and hold cats and pet cats. And then, you know, when you're done, head on home. (laughs) I I know some cat people, so this might be a hit. All yeah, right. the yeah, Kosh listeners out there, I'm going to challenge somebody. I'd love to hear from another <laughs> Kosh listener uh, to go experience. What was the name of that again? It is Safe Haven Pet Sanctuary in there in downtown Green Bay. Okay, that there is a brand new gym. Definitely have yes. not heard of that one before. I personally cannot go and do that because I am highly allergic to cats. Oh, Yeah, I know. I like cats, too. They're They're cool animals, but they don't. Yeah, the allergies thing don't like me. That's true. Yeah, yeah. got to be careful of that. Got to be careful. Okay. Um, what's the cash need? Well, I mean, I think you're doing pretty great. <laughs> like, there's nothing that I would say is a blatant thing that you need. But I would love to see political figures just because for me personally, I'm really interested in politics. And I always like to hear genuine discussion you know, about what's happening in our state, what's happening in our country. And it can be hard to get that when you see most of your political figures 
on like a debate stage or in a commercial or a campaign ad, right? So it's mm-hmm. just I, one thing I thought that would be so cool, not that you haven't had any, but just that, you know, that's something that I personally am interested in. Maybe people wouldn't agree with me. I would definitely be tuning in to hear that. Oh, yeah. No, we, we've definitely had some political yep. figures here. And you know what? It's it's a real conversation. Like we just, we chop it up. Yeah. Like you really get to know people deeper than just what do they do? So that's what's nice, too, is like a lot of times these political figures, we see them only through the lens of what's their vision, but not like, who are you? Like, what are you about? Where are you from? Actually, when I have political figures on here, the goal is not to talk about politics. Yeah. We want to know who you are. And just like, what do you, you know, just as a human, Mm -hmm. Jake, you know, do you go to the pet sanctuary? Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, I think that's super important. Um, you know, we often right now, you know, when they get in those forums and stuff, there's a persona they've got to do and, you know, they're playing to their base or whatever it is. Right. I just want to know. Um, and I think the listeners, gosh, listeners, we all want to know just authentically who you are. Yeah. Just like what's up. And some of that's unifying, right? Like just when you get to know a politician, not just for their politics, but like, they go to the pet sanctuary, whatever. You're like, oh, well, maybe I do want to hear what they're talking about a little more, whatever, you know. I think it's huge. And, and we've had we've had politicians in the past. And and I want to just thank them who have come on here um, and were themselves. They were. They yeah. were unapologetically, authentically them. And we talked about we talked we might have talked about some politics but we probably just talked about the community and everything yeah. else and just other things and um i appreciate them for being willing to come in this space and and do that and um i think we make a nice safe space where people can come and do that absolutely i mean of course like that's what's really nice about what you have going on here is that it kind of takes people you know down a notch like we're not here to Talk about just what you do, but we just want to get to know each other. Yeah, absolutely. That's well, that's super important. And, you know, a big part of the cash is we want to know our neighbors, mm-hmm. you know, who yeah, lives in nice. our communities. Okay. Now, ooh, I'm super excited because, you know what, like, I'm just going to go ahead and say, say this, like, shout out time is usually my favorite segment, but story time has become my favorite segment. I love a good narrative so our next segment is if you couldn't tell already (laughs) it is story time this is your opportunity just tell us a story it can be about absolutely anything yeah that's great that's great I think the story that I want to tell today I mean it's fairly simple but I think it's important so just hear me out here um there was a time, this is going back a few years, it's the stories about kindness, um, that I was homesick. And I don't even remember what I had come down with or whatever, but I was not feeling well. And my daughter was very little, and my husband had packed her up to take her to Walgreens to get me some medicine and some soup, like a can of soup and like, I don't know, NyQuil, something like that. And so they went out to the store, and my daughter had told me this story afterwards, that they had went to the store, my husband goes up to the counter with what he's going to buy, and he was like, oh my gosh, I forgot my wallet like can you just set this aside like I you know load my little daughter back up in his truck go home get the wallet the person behind him was like oh no it's okay I'm gonna pay for this like it's fine and bought like what we needed so we didn't have to like go through that not that it would have been the end of the world if he did but it was just like just truly like on the spot 
act of kindness, this person had probably no idea like what the medicine soup was really going to add up to, but just helped him out in the moment. And my daughter still talks about that story. And I still think about that. And it was just such a simple way to be kind to somebody when you could tell, like if somebody's got medicine and soup on the counter, like something's up, here's their little crabby daughter with them, you know, whatever's going on that day. And they just really stepped up to the plate and were like, this is no problem. I can cover this. And I just think that that's just such a cool story. Like I tell people that because it's like, you never know when you just help somebody with something so small, like what you just taught their child, you know, and what they think about, you know, you and just people in general, when we hear a lot and see a lot of like the negativity in the media, that there are still just regular nice people out there that will, you know, help you out with, you know, without you even asking. And the fact that it still sticks with you Mm -hmm. says everything. And my daughter, that's what I love the most, you know, to see like a child understand in that moment that that person just pulled money out of their wallet to pay for something that they weren't taking home with them just to be nice. And she still thinks about that. Like, that's how we want to raise our children. So I have no idea who this anonymous person is, but I'm really grateful that they gave her that lesson and me that lesson, you know, just something to think about. Like if you're ever in that situation and you can help somebody easily, like be brave enough to say, hey, look, I can help you out with this. And like, just do it, you know, especially like let our kids see that. Big shout out to the good human. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we're going to, Take some time and do a quick commercial break. Did you know there are children in the Fox Valley in need of hearing aids, but their parents struggle to provide them because of lack of insurance or high copays? I am Juliette Sturkins, audiologist and board member of Here in the Fox Cities, and proud that this small local nonprofit organization has helped fund hearing aids for some 30 kids. Your donation would help more children here. Visit hereinthefoxcities.org to learn more and to see their smiles. Every child deserves to hear. Okay, we're back and it is time. Every time. Love it every single time. It is time for the topic of the week. The topic of the week is chosen by our guest 99.90% of the time. And this week is no different. So, Ashley, what's our topic? Our topic this week is going to be teen social media use. I feel like we've all been seeing this in the news. We see it in our own homes, right? And it seems like there's maybe like some sort of disconnect between like how our teens are using social media and how it's affecting the way that they think and see the world and how like us as like the generation before them sees it and uses it. And um, I just think that's such a good topic. Like I don't um, know what the solution is, but I think we're definitely starting to feel the effects of social media on our kids and on our teens. What do you mean? 
Well, we have, I think, higher than ever um, rates of depression in our teens. And I know when I'm on social media, I'm being marketed to constantly. And I work in marketing and specifically social media marketing. So I know how to use these tools and I know how to, you know, place ads strategically so that I can sell something. But it's like that piece of education to our teens that you're being marketed to. This is why this is free for you. It's like that piece is missing. I think. And they don't always understand that you're being shown ads that make you feel a certain way on purpose. Somebody's right. planting that thought because they want you to then make this purchase and it's all related. It's not really designed to just give you a sense of community. That's what you take back out of it as like, this is a free tool. I get a sense of community. I can connect with my friends. But really, there's a ton of marketers out there that are purposely feeding you content to directly control how you feel so that they can control what you purchase. Can you, and, and well, first of all, I think it's even bigger than that because there's, you've got the, you've got the strategic marketing for the sake of different things, but you also have the, the, um, the social media um, actually companies themselves who are trying to keep your eyeballs streaming, mm -hmm. right. Or keeping you scrolling, scrolling away. And so there's, there's things that go into that to make sure that you, you continue to scroll that you can't look away or you feel the need to check back in because you don't want to lose that. So, I mean, like there's a lot coming at you. Yeah, there is. And it's so true. The second you slow down scrolling on something, the algorithm is smarter than any of us. It is way smarter than I am. That's the and word, <laughs> algorithm. That was the, the word algorithm, I was trying to yeah. remember. When you slow down on something, just pay attention and you will see that that starts coming at you more and more and more. If you click on something, you start to see things related to that more and more and more and more. And I think there's like a, a thinking through of that that I wish we were maybe putting out there for younger people to help them better understand that it is fun to use. It's really cool to explore. Like I'm not saying teens shouldn't use social media. I'm not that person. I think it's cool to like explore, get out there, try different things, express yourself. Um, but use it responsibly, <laughs> you know, try to help your children understand that there are ways to use this responsibly, cut it off at night, set a time, pay attention. How many hours do you really spend on Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is? And then what did you get back out of that? You know, when you really think about the time spent, if you spent 20 hours in your week on TikTok or Instagram, what did you take away from it? Did you really feel better? Or mm. at the end of your week, did you actually feel inadequate or... Like you're wishing you had things that you really didn't think about until you saw them on TikTok and Instagram again and again and again because you slowed down to look at it or you clicked it, you know, things like that, I guess. Mm. I I just read a book that has to do with uh, teens and really phone use, in, including social media use. And the one thing I, I took away from the book is like um, – the youth actually are pretty aware of what's going on. Like we as adults underestimate that they don't understand what's happening and they actually do understand often what's happening. And often they would prefer to do less usage or um, to disengage, but it's complicated for them from what I'm reading in this book or read in this book 
because it's also tied to their to their social life and their social interaction. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting because it's true. That is very directly tied to their social life. And there is that like fear of missing out or fear that you're being mentioned on social media and you didn't see it and you can't respond to it or whatever it might be. But it also kind of ties back into what we were talking about earlier with the earbuds. You know, it's it's like a choice. You can have your social life be in person. We can meet our friends face to face and do things or we can kind of disengage from being in person, live through this device. And that's our social life now. But we're not really sharing space with those people we're, I don't know, it's just, it's so different than when we were younger, you know, it's, it's hard to really like, um, to make like a comparison to what our social lives were like when we were younger before we had like the Facebook and all of that. Um, but we're just seeing this shift that everybody sees it, that teen mental health is on the decline. And this is one thing that we can kind of correlate to that, but there's not really a good solution. You know, like how do we make social media still be this tool that people love and enjoy and can use for different things, but that we're not tying teen self-worth to that platform? And I don't have the solution. (laughs) I don't have the solution. I think it's an interesting topic. I like to hear what other people think about it. Um, But yeah, it's, I find it interesting. It is interesting. It, it's highly interesting and it, it's something like um, I wouldn't have I don't think um, I've also been lucky enough to sit in on some some student slash teenage panels on on phone use nice. and it's it I w- what I would say is if you ever get the opportunity to be part of one of those to actually hear their hear their point of view and their voices on this um, it's we need to know as adults what's really going on. Like, because uh, like all things, you can't help but to see things, but through the lens, you know. Absolutely. And we, we it, I'm going to encourage our, our adults to um, go ask. That's it. Because mm-hmm. I'm, and let me be the first to say, I was no different. But this stuff was, powerful enough to give me pause now and now i i kind of i'm not going to say i look at it differently differently but i will say that um i'm taking more time to just try to understand because it's complex way it's super complex but i'm really curious to know like you're in this profession. <laughs> yeah. You literally do this professionally. Yes. Um, how do you, how do you ethically do it? I mean, the first thing I would say is I would never take a client that was targeting teens or children through social media. Like that just wouldn't be a good fit for me personally. Um, but when I think about my clients that I do use social media marketing for, it is one of the most affordable ways to market your business and get in front of thousands of people. Um, so it's really powerful for, you know, taking a small business and helping them level up and increase their sales. It's great. Like I don't want to see social media go away at all in any way, shape or form, but I don't want to see it hurting children. And I love your perspective of just saying, telling grownups to just go ask, start that conversation at home. Like, what do they really think about this? 
and the things, you know, the barriers that young people have to just turning it off, like, it's like, that's a piece that maybe we're missing is like, why is that so hard? Like, but we see it in adults too, the online bullying that happens very much as grownups. If you're in any kind of community group, <laughs> you see it and you know, maybe trolls. they're <laughs> yeah, uh. right. Trolls, keyboard cowboys. There's a lot of different words for it. But when we were younger and we were in school, if somebody wanted to say something hurtful, hateful, whatever it was, they would have to say it, you know, out of their mouth to your face and they're accountable for what they've just said. But now they're saying it from their phone or their device. And it's, I don't know, it's like, it's become so commonplace that it doesn't have the same like response from the grownups that I think it has when it happens in person or something. Um, it's just something that I think, you know, as a social media marketer, I don't touch any of that. You know, if somebody's trolling someone, the first thing I would say is just don't even engage with it. The best thing you can do is just not respond to it. That's the same advice I would give to a young person who is being trolled by a stranger or a friend or whatever. Don't respond to it. Don't breathe life into it. Just let it go. Keep scrolling. You know, the second somebody scrolls away from it, it's already gone. They're looking at the next thing. Um, but it's definitely something that's on my radar that I think about, you know, and I wouldn't work with a client who is specifically targeting children with makeup products or whatever. That wouldn't be something that I would be interested in um, because I think that there is damage that gets done with some of those types of products. So since we have a professional on here and uh, hey, I, I'm going to be the first to say I use social media. This is how we share the cash, right? Yeah. When new episodes come out. Um Partially because I'm, I just wasn't marketing savvy enough to know other way. <laughs> this was the easy way. Um, but uh, what advice, what are things, well, maybe not the advice. Um, well, maybe advice, both, all the things, matter of fact. Um, what are the things that small businesses and others who want to use social media as, as a way to network or to promote, what are things that they can do um, that are easy, simple, and make sense? You know, that you, or what are the things that they need to know about it before they start doing it? Yeah. So, and you're talking about from a small business perspective? Well, did I hear that right? Um, let's cover a couple of perspectives. Okay. Let's, let's, I mean, let's do a small business. What if we, what if it was a nonprofit? What if it was a community initiative? Is it really that much difference in it? Um, I mean, it's different from somebody who's just like an individual who's like, Hey, I'm an individual and I want to be on social media. You're going to think about that completely different than somebody who is like you said in the community, maybe they have an event that they're promoting, maybe they're a small business. Um, but some of the quickest wins that people can get with social media, obviously maybe work with a social media professional like myself, I would say, give me a call, but get involved in groups. So if I have an event and I post it on my Facebook page and I know how many followers I have, and I know that there's an algorithm also that's maybe kind of working against me, I can post it there and let's just pretend, you know, I have, um, I'm a new business and I only have maybe 300 followers, maybe 300 people saw it. I can look in Meta Business Suite and see about how many people came across that content. But when I take that content and I put it in a community group or whatever group is relevant to that content, and that group has 20,000 followers, like, wow, now my reach has just hit the next level mm. and I can track those metrics in the meta business suite and then see, okay, what did I post? What does that visually look like? Um, I can see what my reach was. How many people engaged with it? Did it get shared? Did it get liked? Did it get comments? And 
test more content, you know, put more than one um, idea out there related to your event or the content that you have, but then go back to your metrics and use that as a guide. Make sure you lean into the content that got the most traction, whether it was a like, a comment, a share, like what did you do with those posts that were the most successful and focus in that space and make sure that it's, you know, this is going out to your market. You don't want to just, you know, if I have an event in Oshkosh, I don't want to be promoting it in New Jersey, right? That wouldn't make sense. I want to find groups that center around Oshkosh, the community groups that are here um, and kind of focus in that space. But you can get so much more reach by also partnering with um, like something that I do in my business, partnering small businesses together. So if your business has, you know, a thousand followers, but you have 25 other businesses that you openly collaborate with and you intentionally put yourself in that group and they all have a thousand followers, well, now they're all sharing your posts and they're liking your posts, commenting on your posts. So the algorithm knows people like your content now because you're getting all of this traction on your posts. Your reach explodes. So you kind of have to have a strategy going in. It's not that hard, but it's not that simple, <laughs> I guess is what I would say. I was going to say, <laughs> no, this don't sound, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so there is a strategy behind it. Um, you know, it, it helps to work with somebody who is in social media marketing. It helps to take it beyond social media. Um, that's really just one little piece of marketing. It's an affordable piece. But when you include other touch points with email marketing or, you know, whatever else you kind of dip your hands into, you can really get incredible reach for, you know, really affordable spend. So, but you have to have a strategy going in. And if you just decide, well, I'm just going to post something every single day just to my feed. Well, you're only ever going to reach your feed. And if it's not engaging or interesting and nobody slows down their scroll when they see it, the algorithm's not even showing your post. So you're spending time every single day putting content out that nobody sees, doesn't really go anywhere. You're not getting any better reach and you get stuck. So really important to make sure that your content is quality content, even if that means that you're posting less and that you're making sure you have quality content by checking your metrics to actually see those numbers. Like, did I see growth? Um, and that's how we do it. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that was a really nice mini course. Yeah. To so. help break that down. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that was helpful. All right. Um, let me just ask this because I, I I hear this this word that comes around now, influencer. Does this work the same way for someone who is trying to become an influencer? Oh, influencers are interesting. <laughs> I, oh! I would say <laughs> You said that you said that with feeling. Here's what I think Bruh. about <laughs> There are so many people that want to be successful influencers. And the reality is that it's kind of like if you want to be an NBA star, you know, you have to really kind of be realistic that it's, I think it's cool for young people to try to get in that space and just learn about it. Just learn. Like, how do I figure out metrics and all of these other things that you pick up as you go along? But not everybody's really meant to be that is what I would say. Like I would almost caution people against leaning too hard into influencing because you can spend so much time and effort for $0 trying to get traction on something where the people that are really good in that space, it's not 
what a lot of people think that they're seeing. They think they see an influencer and they're just kind of casually like they're being themselves and they're funny and they're engaging. And then, oh, maybe they talk about a few products. It's so much more scripted and strategic than anybody really sees or understands. It's really not all just like off the cuff. Anybody can do this. Anybody can get 9 million followers and sell stuff. There's so much that goes into it. Mm. I don't know if that's helpful. <laughs> I think it's all helpful. I um, think it's a cool space to play in and experiment and learn, but also just know don't spend too much time not making money because you can find a lot easier ways to just start making money now than to work for free for a really long time and maybe never get that deal that you were hoping for. And the reason I asked the question is because it is something like influencer when and I don't know, I'm, I'm going to speak from my experience. When, and, and I get I get the opportunity to engage young people um, sometimes within my professional life and just in life itself. But Influencer now has become up there with like those, those youth dreams of like, I want to be a professional athlete. I want to be a rapper. I want to be an influencer. It is right there it in is. that, in the top three, four, five things that um, our youth dream about becoming. Yeah, it is so interesting. And unfortunately, it's also a space now that we're seeing such a huge trend towards scams. And so I would also caution that. And this was just in the national news. They were talking about scams with companies reaching out to young people saying, hey, like, you know, they, they look for people who are on social media as a young person who have maybe kind of a decent following saying we have this deal for you. But in order for me to pay you, I need a background check. So I need your social security number, your birth date. I need your bank account number so no. I can deposit those checks. Bruh. It is so disappointing, but it's alarming how excited that and makes a young person feel how special they feel and they're like wow like this is really cool and they're maybe not running to tell mom and dad mom and dad don't really understand the influencer thing or whatever and they start passing out this information and then their bank account is empty or whatever happens you know not bad things happen when you just jump to that point so you know unfortunately when you're doing anything online even if you just use social media for your business you're susceptible to scams and you have to be able to kind of like see it and kind of feel it coming and if you're not sure ask somebody who knows like i have clients screenshot things to me and they wouldn't even have to be a client if somebody screenshot a message that they're like is this legitimate i can't tell like i would happily stop a scammer <laughs> and I know most people would you probably have somebody in your life mm -hmm. that would like gladly take a look at that and be like no look at how they spelled all of these basic words that we know that this person is probably from a different country or whatever um you really got to be careful mm. Ashley what's the name of your business centered up centered, centered up, up. c-e-n-t-e-r-e-d Space UP center. Okay. Um, if so, now you're talking to the Kosh listeners, and and um, people are gonna ask, and maybe there's people out here who are thinking, oh, okay, I'm I'm liking what I'm hearing. I'm 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 interested. What does someone get by contacting you and and deciding to try to work with you? What what does that look like? Yeah. What, so. It's very simple. I try to keep this very easy. Most of my clients are solo entrepreneurs or have less than 20 employees. So truly great for small businesses. And I keep my prices 
affordable purposefully. Like I feel like this information can make such a huge difference for a small business to kind of step into. Um, But the first thing that I do is I just have a free consultation. So we just sit down and I have to learn more about, you know, what do you do? Who are you working with today? We'll kind of talk about things like personas. So if you know who's already, you know, like you're a podcaster, if you already know who already listens to your show, generally how old are they? Are they female, male? Do they live in the Oshkosh area? Or do you kind of know what type of profession they're in? I kind of collect data so that I understand who your market is. And then from there, I have um, pricing broken out in a lot of different ways, but the simplest way for somebody who's just getting started and maybe they just want to start an effective social media campaign, I have pricing packages that start at $75 a month. And I don't do contracts as far as like you're locked in for however many months. If you try it for a month and you're like, no, I don't like it. That's fine. I've never lost a social media client yet. And I feel like I need to lock on with not oh, saying that. You better not. Um, you better not. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Check out my reviews on Google. I have perfect five-star reviews. I've never gotten less than that so far. Knock on wood again, because I shouldn't be saying that. But, um, but I really enjoy what I do. And I think that really comes through. And And I try to be really smart about strategy (laughs) to make sure that I can prove to you because every month I hand out metrics, even if you're on that cheapest plan, you will get metrics at the end of the month so you can see what was accomplished and feel confident about that. And that happens every single month. Like it's trackable, it's measurable, I'm accountable to it. Um, Is there any... Are there any particular success stories you could share so like somebody can get that feel? Like I'm big on like... The narrative. Because you know what? The one thing (laughs) I always say is people people only remember two things usually. It's a really stunning statistic and a really great narrative. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's one of these things where, yes, I have stories and I love to get into these. I also kind of like to protect my client's privacy a little bit too, because I didn't tell them that, hey, I'm going to be like, you know, calling you all out. Um, But, you know, one of my clients, we recently finished a website and she is into some really cool services that are really different for me. And so even when I sat down with her in the consultation, I'm like, hey, you know what you do for work? I haven't actually marketed this for this before. This is new to me. I'm excited about it, but I'm kind of learning a little bit here with you, you know, so like we kind of agree that we understand that that's how it is. Came up with a plan for her website so we can make it super easy for her to get conversions. Like so that if somebody wants to buy her service or her product, they can go on her website, click and purchase right now. Mm-hmm. And coupled that with effective email marketing and effective social media marketing. So on social media, we can blast promo codes. Go to my website. You're going to right now take $15 off of this item or service. And it just it just works. You know, you start to see sales come in and it's exciting because now we've gotten the word out. We've got huge reach. We're tracking it. We're making sure that the ads we put out, we're leaning in. And when I say putting out ads, we're not paying for Facebook ads. Like this reach is truly just from intelligently thinking through how do I reach the largest audience without giving Facebook my money? Um, So we're putting things out that are effective. It's targeted. It's strategic. We hit the right people who are interested in this service or product because I know those demographics because we've talked about who's already purchasing these sorts of things and now we're seeing conversions feed through on the website and that is just like the perfect ah, ta-da scenario <laughs> that's what we like to see um, but also you know I get some entrepreneurs who they've been in their field for 20 years 
but they, you know, COVID hit and things just got tough and they maybe haven't had to touch social media because they've had that really nice following. But now it's like, we need to get some new blood into our business. We need to make sure we're getting the word out. And then they start using it and they start getting, you know, when I say conversions, like people spending money with you, they start seeing it happen. And, you know, here's a client that's interested in this and here's one that's interested in this. And it's coming from social media and they're thrilled. They're like, oh my gosh, because if all you've done is post on your own page, and you haven't focused on getting new followers and you haven't focused on reaching new people on social media, you do just get your tires stuck in the mud. So it helps a lot to have, you know, somebody who understands strategy and it for people who are kind of like DIY, like, oh, maybe I wouldn't buy a plan. I'm just starting out, but I really want some targeted advice. I do offer that as well. Like you can come and sit down with me. Consultation is free, but then you can just purchase time with me on an hour by hour basis as well. Okay. You're flexible. I'm flexible. Yeah. I like that. Okay. <laughs> I work with small businesses. I have to be, you know, yeah. agile in this space. So that's pretty awesome. I'm super interested. Like this is this is good. And I yeah. think um I I think when it comes to social media, like we don't know what we don't know. Like it's it's there's a lot more that goes into it um as far as like like even understanding what are the analytics really saying to you? And definitely trying to understand even what is an algorithm or what is, what is, <laughs> right. how does that whole thing right. work? How do you make me pop up on this person over here's uh, social media? And so I actually think this is powerful. Yeah. I mean, I'm so excited to meet you. Like I said, like after we get this posted, I'm going to be tracking metrics. I'm going to be looking at everything and I'm happy to share it with you so you can see, you know, kind of how I think through the social media strategy. But it's it's really powerful, you know, for a small business who needs they know they provide something that there is a market for. They're just mm. having trouble getting in front of that market. Right. It's so affordable to use social media to reach those people. OK. Is there. Anything I didn't ask that you want to share or any last things you want to share with the Kosh listeners? Um, no, not really. I mean, I just, I hope people will give me a call if you're interested. My website is www.centeredup.com. Um, check me out on Facebook, facebook.com slash centered up, which is C-E-N-T-E-R-E-D-U-P.com. And um, you'll see my whole list of services, social media marketing, email marketing, web design and management, networking, and like I said, so much more. Oh, web design. You do do web design I do, too. yes. Okay. That's awesome. All right. Well, it's that time. We're going to start winding up the show. Um, Kosh listeners, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for giving us your minds and your ears for this time. Thank you for being interested in this subject matter. Like, I found this fascinating. And I assure you, I'm going to hold Ashley uh, here afterwards and ask more questions. That's definitely <laughs> happening. Um, as you know, we are a work in progress. Um, please, please, please don't hesitate. Reach out to us. Let us know how we're doing. Or if you would like to be a guest or if you'd like to suggest a guest, you can reach us at askthekosh at gmail.com. Once again, that is askthekosh at gmail.com. Also, if you would like to leave us a voicemail, you can leave us voicemails here at The Kosh. We actually do have a link on the website which is the koshpodcast.com uh leave us voicemails uh send shout outs send birthday wishes do whatever you want because this is your 
podcast. So let us know how you would like us to move forward and we'll make that happen. Actually, that kind of stuff makes me super excited. All right. And then my last ask to the Kosh listeners this week is please take a moment and subscribe. Um, Just take a moment, click and subscribe to the Kosh podcast. Also fill out a review. What this does is this helps our analytics. (laughs) This helps uh, us in so many ways. We think we have something pretty special here. Um, You know, we've been around for a while now. We're creeping up on our hundredth episode and um, we think others would really enjoy this show. So um, help us help them. (laughs) All right. So now on to what is now going to be my second favorite part of the show but still a favorite it is shout out time so Ashley what do you have for our shout outs yeah so shout outs obviously I want to shout out Pat Haney again six piece solutions food safety expert in Wisconsin if you're selling food I hope you give him a call he is the best around I want to shout out the event girls day out again this is happening in Green Bay at the Rush Center on November 11th there's going to be more than 100 local small businesses that are vendors at this event selling things so if you want to support local small businesses please get there it is free to come in um so bring your girls. Um, and one last shout out, Tina Hoffman Real Estate. Um, just a wonderful, wonderful person. This is the only realtor that I use, um, commercial, residential. She is a relocation expert. And if you are in the market um, or if you are a company that works with relocators coming into this area, um, please consider giving Tina Hoffman a call. All right. Awesome. I love shout outs. All right. (laughs) My shout out this week. I want to give a special shout out to Jamie over at the uh, Fox Valley Symphony or Fox City Symphony. Um, I got a chance to go to opening night uh, last night and it was fire. Yes, I said the symphony was fire. It really was fire. Like it it was not stuffy. It is nothing like what I uh, like. I wouldn't say what I thought it would be because I actually knew it was going to be good. But what I'm going to say is what others thought it might be. It was fantastic. Um, there was even a little earth, wind, and fire in the symphony, and that set the evening off to a great start. I also want to send a special shout-out to Shradar. Um, Shradar over there, who is one of the leaders for Rhythms of the World, um, And that planning committee, I also got a chance to go to Rhythms of the World yesterday. What a fantastic event that they have in Appleton that just brings all these different cultures together um, to help us learn, um, to show and share. There's food, there's dance, there's engagement. And uh, it's such, such, it makes, it helps make the community feel even more inclusive. So big shout out to Shradar and that planning committee that puts that on. Um, also want to send a special shout out still to Shradar, <clears throat> but because Shradar invited me to come to Appleton's Rotary meeting. Um, Appleton's Rotary was cool. Like it was a good time. Like I did not understand everything that Rotary does, but let's just say I am highly interested and I just might try on being a junior member for a year. Let's see. It it was interesting. And then uh, another shout out to special, special shout out to Brian Carter. Um, Brian, 
is a student that used to um, is a student I recruited uh, recruited for UW Oshkosh, and now he's doing his own thing, and he has his own podcast. And I got a chance to be on his podcast, which is called BC's Corner, and it was fantastic. Had a great time being on it. Um, got to really dig into some topics. Uh, he did not make it easy, but he definitely made it engaging. So a uh, big, big shout out to Brian. Um, and last but not least, a uh, shout out to my man, Garrett over at Lawrence. Thanks, man. You make the things happen. I appreciate you. Now, the very last thing here on the cash, and that is you've got a choice. You have three options, and the three options are option A is you can give us some parting words of wisdom. Or option B is you can tell us what would yourself today tell your 12-year-old self. Or option C, all of the above, because you got to have an all of the above. So <laughs> what do you have? I'm going to do some parting <laughs> wisdom. Um, I actually have a quote that just hit me, I guess, and I reposted on social media. So if anybody out there that's following Centered Up, you might have seen this, but the quote was, I'd rather be slightly risky than massively regretful. And the quote is from Justin Welsh. If you're on LinkedIn, this guy is worth a follow if you like that type of inspiration. I think he does like personal brand development. There's no affiliation there. He's just a really interesting follow. Um, but that quote resonates in so many ways, um, not just if you're a business owner, um, but just in your life in general. If you're thinking about asking for a promotion or asking for a first date or whatever it is, take the risk. Because really, it's a slight risk, and and it's a great way to avoid having regrets later. Fantastic. All right, Ashley, what you think? Very good. This was awesome. Facts. Thank you so much for having me. Mm, the cash. <laughs>